Hey everyone, what the heck is up and welcome to the podcast. Welcome back if you're a returning listener. You're currently tuned into Practical Alignment, a podcast where we talk about all things metaphysical, mindset, manifestation, and spirituality. I'm your host, Katrina Macias. I'm an intuitive healer, a Qigong instructor, and a Simra practitioner. All my links to working with me are listed in the show notes, and be sure to follow the link to book your free consultation with me if you have any questions whatsoever regarding energy work or a Simra session with me. On this week's episode, I am joined by a very special person, and her name is Autumn Lopez. Autumn was once my client, and now she is my good friend. And I feel super lucky to know her because I think that it's so important to have people in your circle who are like-minded and who are also focused on growth. And Autumn definitely checks those boxes. And I can definitely attest that when you start showing up authentically in your power, you start to align yourself with people on similar trajectories. And so as you watch yourself become more surrounded with people who are supportive and you know encouraging, it becomes very validating. And I definitely have that friendship with Autumn. So I'm just really thankful for her. I asked Autumn to join me as a guest on this week's episode because I see her as someone who consistently puts in the work in evolving to become her best level self. And I just think she's a wonderful influence to have. And today she's going to teach us about intuitive eating. Intuitive eating is a way of eating that just asks you to tune into your body more and connect and listen. And intuitive eating is a method that Autumn has tried and tested herself. And it's something that has greatly supported her in her own journey in overcoming emotional eating. So as you tune into this episode, you're going to hear about Autumn's journey and her own spiritual awakening, as well as tips and tools for applying intuitive eating into your own life. And something else that I'm super excited about is that Autumn dropped some juicy details about her experience in working with me as she received a Simra session. So you can tune in to hear how that experience affected her life and what it was like, you know, receiving energy work in general, which was her first experience and also my first experience to have a client on this podcast sharing their feedback. (laughs) So this is going to be a good one. So besides being just like a wonderful person in general, one more fun fact about Autumn is that she is a pastry chef and she is the CEO of the Bombshell Bakes Bakery. So before you do anything, pull up your Instagram and check out her amazing work. Her link is in my show notes. And if you're a foodie, you're not going to want to miss out on this because something that's super unique to Autumn is that she uses her intuition and she channels her inner child to bring forth these delicious recipe ideas. So she has these creations that are nostalgic, they're comforting, they're fun, they're playful, and they just let her inner child play and express herself. One of my favorite ideas that she's come up with and I'm most excited to try is her strawberry Pop-Tart cookies. Yeah, you heard me right, strawberry Pop-Tart. I must say that I'm not a big fan of Pop-Tarts, but the one flavor that I ever enjoyed was strawberry, and guess what? She done did it, okay? I'm so excited to taste them, and all of her other recipes are freaking cool too. I saw that she just made cinnamon toast crunch cookies. Like, I don't know how it can get any better than this. So be sure to give her a follow if you want to fill your feed with delicious goodness. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. 
Alright everyone, I'm joined with Autumn Lopez, my good friend who was once my client, is now a small business owner. She referred to herself as a cookie goddess. <laughs> How are you doing today, Autumn? I'm doing great. How are you, Mika? I'm good. So how are you feeling about being on a podcast for the first time? You know what? I was super nervous, but I feel like now that I see your beautiful face, I feel very calm and at ease and wow. ready to go. <laughs> you've, <your> present. <laughs> you've always been my hype queen, so I do appreciate that very much. <laughs> so Autumn's here to share with us some information on intuitive eating because Autumn does this and she does this, carries this practice herself which I think is super interesting. I've heard about it because I've seen different coaches teach about it. And while I know you're not a coach, I think it's almost even cooler because you're not trying to prove anything to anyone. You're just using it in your everyday life. But before we get into the intuitive eating stuff, let's do a gentle little icebreaker with a very easy question about your spiritual awakening. <laughs> And how that all unfolded. Oh, no big deal. No big deal. Casual question. <laughs> so, how did you get, I mean, I know that we've spoken before and you've mentioned that your childhood was drastically different to kind of what you're doing now. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess, how does that all play in together? How did you kind of find yourself on this journey? For sure. So, my spiritual awakening just feels like it's basically been my entire life, just little by little. I grew up in a really strong Baptist community as a Christian, and it was wonderful. I'm not salty at all. Like, I, I have so many amazing Christian friends. Like, it's, it's a beautiful religion. I learned really beautiful things. Um, I guess that as, like, a young child, something didn't feel right, and I kind of felt that I was doing the work and doing what I was told I was supposed to need to do, but I still felt very disconnected. And overall, I just didn't understand certain things. And they didn't, concepts that made sense to my adult parents did not make sense to me. And I would just, it was very existential as a child. I had very deep thoughts and thought about <laughs> what is life and what happens after we die and all that fun stuff that every six-year-old should think about. <laughs> not. Um, but I just felt that it was a community that I didn't really feel like I fit in. And I felt very lost. And I felt like I kind of had to suppress who I really felt like I was deep down inside. And I also grew up um, in a family who were missionaries, so we didn't have a lot of money. And at a young age, I remember getting presents from Salvation Army for Christmas and hearing my parents have hard conversations about money in the room next to mine. And the little girl inside me felt very scared and like there wasn't enough and just triggered scarcity at a very young age. Mm. So I didn't go through anything crazy traumatic, but it was enough to make me want something different. So I had a very beautiful, not abusive, wonderful childhood, but I know that you and I have talked about different types of trauma and how there's trauma with a big T and then there's trauma with a little T. So definitely lots of trauma with a little T. <laughs> As we all have it, we all are traumatized in some way. And yes, I'm sure one of you will traumatize our own children. <laughs> you know, that's our job as parents. Um, so when I was 20, I kind of had like an existential crisis and I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, I'm not resonating with this. It doesn't make sense to me. My parents aren't around to tell me what to do anymore, and I just feel really lost. So I became very depressed, and um, not in, like, a suicidal way, but in a way where if something happened to me, like, I genuinely, like, didn't care because I just didn't have any zest for life. I was just gone. I had no no spark that I, that I had very strongly as a child. So I started eating, and... When I would start eating, it would kind of help me forget what was going on in my life, and it helped me numb my emotions. 
and eventually I gained a lot of weight, and I started having certain side effects, um, and I it began to become very clear to me as a millennial. I do Google my symptoms like we all do, <laughs> and I found this um, condition called polycystic ovarian syndrome, and I looked at the symptoms, and I was like, okay, that is 100% me. So I go to the doctor, <laughs> and they're basically, well, the only fix for you is to go on the pill, and unfortunately, the pill spiraled my emotional you know, turmoil into a even darker, darker, um, deeper black hole. So mm-hmm. that was bad. <laughs> and um, I was like, well, there's got to be something else. I did some more Googling, of course. And I found that nutrition and bodybuilding really helped with that. So I was like, great, I'm going to go to the gym. And I'm going to eat healthy. And I'm going to work out and do all the things. And I'm going to lose this weight. And I'm going to get my confidence back. And that confidence is what's going to give me the zest for life that I am so deeply wanting. And that search for acceptance and all that as well. So I started eating like 800 to 1,000 calories a day mm. and exercising for two hours, five to six days a week. So it was my life. I mean, it was my outlet. I didn't have a lot of friends. So I just really poured my heart and soul into bodybuilding, thinking that if I looked a certain way, then I would finally feel happy. Then mm. I would finally feel acceptance. And that my weight, you know, it's so twisted if you think about it now <laughs> as somebody who's done a lot of shadow work and light work, mm-hmm. is that that is not, your weight is not ever tied to your happiness. So that's lesson number one that I learned because I lost all the weight and then I was like, I'm so happy. Like, I'm so unhappy and I feel lost and I feel more lost than I did before because I really thought that this weight loss and getting all this attention and just feeling proud of myself and disciplined, I thought that all that masculine energy and action would make me feel really good and fulfilled and it did not. So funnily enough, um, polycystic ovarian syndrome is, According to Louise Hay, the definition for cysts, um, like why we get them, because obviously she believes that everything that we attract into our lives is something that we have caused in some way through mm-hmm. our emotions and our vibrations. So she talked about how cysts um, are running the old movie, if that analogy makes sense, um, nursing your hurts and your wounds. Mm-hmm. And then if you have issues with your ovaries, it's that's where your point of creation and creativity is, which obviously I felt like my creativity and my creation was stifled as I, you know, became a teenager, early adult. Um, so I was just starting to realize that weight loss wasn't what I wanted. Acceptance from others wasn't either. I just wanted to accept myself, no matter what the scale said. And I just started to realize that's the key to my freedom. I have to, I have to love who I am now. And at that point, I didn't even know anything about law of attraction. So I think I heard a quote somewhere from somebody where it's spiritual being, you're a spiritual being having a physical experience. Mm-hmm. And I started to believe that. And I started not to care. And then I gained all the weight back. And I was like, what the heck? I stopped caring about my weight. And then I gained all this weight back. Um, I didn't know that that was a common side effect of a spiritual awakening. Some people lose a lot of weight and some people gain. So I didn't know that. that made me LOL. Thanks, universe, for that. <laughs> Um, so I was still in a dark place, not really knowing what I wanted, not feeling complete. And I was like, okay, well, I gave up the weight loss thing and I'm still not happy. So what's the deal? I don't get it. And I had a friend of mine send me a podcast. I don't know if you've heard of her manifestation, babe. Mm -hmm. She sent me one of her podcasts and I listened to it. And at first I was like, this sounds like a bunch of freaking like hippy dippy, (laughs) like positive thinking, you know, woo woo kind of crap. And yeah. 
then she just kept talking, and I was like, hang on, wait, that actually makes logical sense in my head. I'm a very, you know me, I'm a very logical, calculated person. I like facts, I like data, you know, statistics, all that fun stuff. And I was like, why does this make more sense to me than all the stories in the Bible in, like, 30 seconds than years and years of being taught something from, you know, my elders and my community and I was just like, holy shit, I feel like I'm onto something. Like, there is something that makes sense here. Like, something clicks, like a little ding, ding, light bulb. Like, okay, something, something's working here. So I started listening to her podcast, and then she talked about somebody she had worked with um, who was at No Diet Babe. Her name's Barbara Oban. I literally have learned, you know her? Yes, I know her, too. <gasps> she's the shit. I love her. She's, she's so cool. And I started listening to her podcast, and... I have heard some of her programs, and um, I did group coaching with her, and it's just it was just like every podcast that she released, and I'm like, how is this information free? Because it's fucking changing my life. <laughs> like, she needs to charge like a million dollars per podcast because that information was gold, kind of like how I feel about when I listen to your podcast. Ooh, flattery. Uh, so, again, super honored to be here. Thank you. <laughs> of course. And I started listening to her stuff and, and listening to her teachings, and it just like... It was just like a domino effect after that. Then I got into meditation, and then I got into journaling, and then I learned about crystals, and it was like one thing led to another thing, and then it just, boom, just all made sense. And then I was like, holy crap, like I literally had a spiritual awakening, like the, the ones that you see in Eat, Pray, Love, and Under the Test and Sun, and that happened to me, and it's so cool, and I just, I feel amazing. And um, going off birth control definitely helped too. But over time, I just felt like a completely different person, and I felt joy, which I was scared that I was never going to feel again. Mm. And it's just been really beautiful. So that's pretty much it for my spiritual awakening. Long story short, not so much, but <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> that's awesome. It's really interesting how you were able to integrate it, like, with a physical experience as well, like, regarding your health. Like, you get the physical proof. You said you're a very factual, like, person. And so did you see a shift in your health and your body once you started doing all these things and tying everything together? Absolutely. And it is definitely a mental, physical, and emotional journey, 100%. You need to work on it. I found that you can't just work on one. Like, I was working on my physical body, but I wasn't taking care of my, my spiritual body. Mm-hmm. And not having those two in check together, it was just like trying to ride a bicycle with only one, one wheel. It just was not happening. It was not working. So of course. It's definitely, they're all interrelated, absolutely. So we see that you've used intuitive eating, but what is intuitive eating and how can we use it too? Like, it sounds interesting. I want to know more. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like there are some misconceptions about intuitive eating that it's, you know, people feel very concerned, like they can't trust their own bodies. And they're like, no, I need to go, like your mind automatically says, no, I need to do this. I need to go follow a plan. I need to track everything. And intuitive eating is, basically the most feminine version of a diet that you could ever get. It's not even a diet. It's just listening to your body. It's as simple as that. You eat when you're hungry, you don't eat when you're not hungry, and you stop when you're full, and you listen to your body. So It's not this magical, like, one-size-fits-all solution, cookie-cutter thing. It's, it's, it just is so different for everybody, and it looks different for everybody, and I think that's kind of scary is that it's unknown for people like me that want to know, you know, tell me how much to eat and... Uh, tell me when to eat, and that's how I felt safe. So this is a very unsafe thing, and it can feel very scary in the beginning, especially if somebody has been a very strict dieter um, their whole life. So obviously our bodies are amazing at sending the signals, 
And emotional eating, what happens is you're using the food to numb things that you don't want to feel, unpleasant emotions. And when you do that, you unfortunately psychologically rewire your brain to no longer listen to your body's hunger signals because your body can't be trusted. So, which is very confusing to your body. It feels mm-hmm. very like you're betraying yourself the entire time. Wow. Um, what's also interesting is that as women, our bodies go through cycles, and it's the same as the moon. It's 28, 28 days, which is really beautiful. Um, so sometimes, as women, we're going to be hungrier when we're, like, about to ovulate, or we're going to crave certain things when it's, you know, about to be that time of the month. And then there'll be a week where maybe you don't eat very much. You're like, am I okay? But I feel good. But I eat very much this week. And unfortunately, in the Western world and all the world, we follow very masculine approaches to dieting where mm-hmm. men are the same hormonally every day and they don't have to worry about anything. And, you know, I know my husband can eat the same thing every single day and feel great. But as women, that approach does not work for us. So just not forcing anything, surrendering the need to control and the need to eat certain things um, at certain times. You just have to literally completely let it go and have some balance. I know that I'm definitely like a 80-20 type of person, 80% healthy, and then when I want to eat a cookie or I want to have pizza, I eat that, and I don't beat myself up about it. Yeah, that's so interesting. All it's asking you to do is to t- tune in more. That's it, right? Literally, yep. Just listen, <laughs> listen to your body. I mean, it's something that we are naturally born knowing how to do as children. It's pretty Emotional weight is always an indication of something, excess weight is always an indication of something that needs to be addressed and healed wow. every single time. I think maybe this is unrelated, but I was I was asked to think about something a while ago, and it was just saying how, like, in your childhood, like, have you ever used food as a reward? Like, if you did well in school, mm-hmm. like, someone would go buy you ice cream. And you can see Absolutely. how, like, the emotions are completely tied into the way that we eat sometimes without us even knowing it, how we program ourselves this way. So that's really interesting what you're just saying. And I never even considered like the masculine, feminine, even just our body types, how we're all so different. Like it's so Absolutely. obvious and yet we stray away from it so much because we want a plan and we want someone else to tell us what to do. But all you're saying is listen to yourself. <laughs> I mean, our bodies literally heal cuts on their own, you know, keep us from getting any type of virus. It's amazing. So why can't, don't, don't you think your body knows how to protect you and knows when you're hungry, your body's going to tell you. So you just literally have to trust your body, your vessel, to do its job. You don't have to do anything. So even though it sounds so simple, like you said, it is intimidating because it's so, there's no rules, right? So for someone who's trying intuitive eating for the very first time, what are some tips that you have to kind of ease into the process and make it, you know, feel fun and natural? (laughs) I could talk about this. This this could be like a six part podcast series uh, episode because there's so much that goes into this and just thinking about this podcast with you I feel like I was made aware of how much knowledge and how much work I've done that I it could just pour out of me I'm like okay I've done something right that's a good sign um something that I would say (laughs) the first thing would be that like I said earlier just not to force anything and let yourself eat something if you want. Don't don't torture yourself with your ice cream in your freezer that you're never allowed to eat or you're not allowed to eat until you lose 10 pounds. That's so stupid. Just eat a small amount and keep it simple. Don't overdo it, but still let yourself enjoy treats. 
Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm a pastry chef. I'm never going to stop eating cookies. It's not going to happen. So, <laughs> um, Also, asking yourself questions like, okay, am I actually hungry or am I tired? Am I, am, I, am I full yet? How am I feeling, you know, while I'm eating this meal? And if you have the urge to eat when you know you're not hungry, I always ask myself, like, what do I need right now? Mm-hmm. And what could I eat that would actually make me feel good, which is very important. And I think that for me, I... I emotionally ate for so many years I would just go into autopilot and not even think about why wait hold on like why do I want to like eat an entire jar of Nutella by myself right now because it's a deeper if if something else is going on here what do I actually need because you're not going to feel better after you do that what do I actually need to make myself feel better Mm -hmm. um another thing would be to notice how you feel after you eat certain foods I know that I mean I eat gluten all the time I I know I am gluten intolerant um I'm not celiac but I know after I do eat gluten or a large portion of something that contains gluten, I feel very bloated and just kind of yuck. And I feel almost like all my neurotransmitters are going off because all the extra carbohydrates are just making my body feel like I'm on a sugar frenzy. So mm. just listening to your body when you eat certain things and maybe even keeping like a food journal. A big one that is probably the hardest, it's so easy to say, but harder to do, is to create an identity where you don't have a weight issue. And I know that just going out to restaurants, I remember looking at other women and being like, oh, my God, like, how, how does she, like, stop? Like, I don't get it. Like, she didn't eat, like, half of her food. Like, isn't she still hungry? And the difference is that person's not an emotional eater. So if you identify as an emotional eater, you're going to keep emotional eating. It's, it's good to always use past tense terms, even if you're really struggling. I would say things like, I used to struggle with emotional eating, but that's not something that I have to struggle with anymore. And speaking it into existence, using terms as if it's happening now, because obviously with manifestation, you want to feel that feeling now and be that person now, and then what you want will come eventually. So it's a very, very opposite of what we learn as children, um, where it's work, 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 and then you get what you want, mm-hmm. and then you'll be happy. And that's, that's the exact opposite. You want to feel the feeling now and be that person now, and then the weight loss will come organically. Uh, a big, big thing is not to be scared of food um, or get, like, you say you're at dinner and you're struggling to make a food option and your body's just pumping up cortisol because you feel stressed, you want to stick to your diet, blah, blah, blah. That cortisol actually makes you hold on to more weight. So mm-hmm. obviously you don't, you don't want to do that either. <laughs> and do what works best for you with your food and exercise and don't think that just because this girl ate that way for two months and she lost all that weight that it's going to work for you because it's probably not. We're all so different. We all need different things. Our bodies have different deficiencies. Um, don't do what other people, what other people are doing in general, ever. <laughs> in any area, not just emotional eating. I love the compassionate approach that it takes and all it is saying, like, It's so simple. I keep saying this, but it's just tune into yourself. Like it ties into every single lesson I talk about too. Like tune in, find what feels good and like recognize that your body experiences different cycles. Like you're saying, I remember when I was the heaviest weight that I was, I was so mad at myself and I felt so hateful and disgusted with my body and the mentality made it worse and worse and worse. And I just wanted like a quick fix, but what I needed to recognize was to like take the pressure off myself and be gentle with it because that's the only way it can work. And it took me like six months to get to where I wanted to be, but it's this constant like mindset. It's this constant kindness that you have to keep meeting yourself with 
to let the journey be a fun one so that you can keep continuing it too, right? Because there's so much pressure on other diets and wanting to see results right away. But that's not how life works, man. Like <laughs> six months is a very short time in the in the span of your existence. Yeah, and most people that are emotional eaters, like me, I struggled for years and I'm like, if I had adopted this intuitive eating approach when I was 20, I would have gotten the weight loss that I wanted years ago. And that's what's so crazy to think about. You think that it's going to be a longer journey and that it's going to be slower because you're not following a strict routine. But the reality is is that 95% of diets fail and the people gain back the weight. So mm-hmm. if you want sustainable weight loss, you got to work on your beliefs and let it be organic and keep that light and airy energy and... Um, Make sure that you're not having a black and white mentality and that you're not labeling foods, okay, this is good and this is bad, because that's something that you're deciding is good or bad. Like, if, if you see pizza as bad, you will literally gain weight because you see that pizza as being bad. It's all about the energy that you and the approach that you have um, with weight loss. So, you are an intuitive eater and you are also a pastry chef. <laughs> How do those work hand in hand together? Oh my gosh, I mean, I was listening to another podcast, and um, the host was talking about how sometimes your life is a is such a paradox. She's um, she was really into health and fitness. She owned her own gym, and now she's coming out with an alcohol company, and, and that helps connect women. And she's like, "How could I like be this fitness person, but then sell booze to people? Like it doesn't. It's a paradox." And she's like, "Sometimes those things that you want to do don't always make sense, but it's the universe and source way telling you like you can have both." You can be both. You can be balanced. There's no rules. You make your own rules. Make your own limitations. So I really love eating healthy, but I also really love desserts, and I love creating fun things that are not maybe the most nutritious option, but they are good for your soul, and they're fun, and they help connect you with your inner child. And something that was really big for me was when I was a child, I knew very young that I loved baking. I had an easy big oven I was obsessed with. I had little baker barbie and all that stuff. I, I remember making chocolate chip cookies in the summers and having chocolate chip and cookie, uh, chocolate chip cookie and lemonade stands to sell to my neighbors to people that were walking by. And I would always pretend that our shed was my bakery. And I had this, this huge imagination. And I just felt, you know, when you're a kid, you're just like, I'm the fucking best. Like, I rock. <laughs> like, I'm going to do, do it all. And I, I just, throughout my, my adulthood and being a teenager, I I remember looking back and being like, what happened to that girl? Because mm-hmm. she was cool. Like, she knew who she was. She was so certain and so intuitive and such an old soul. And, and that little girl knew it was up. And she knew the key to my destiny. And I, I want her back. So I started doing some <laughs> some inner child uh, meditations on YouTube. I found some good ones. And um, I was like, okay, I just I feel like I need to get in touch with my inner child. And... I just kind of forgot about it. I did a couple of meditations. Like, it helped a little bit, but nothing crazy. And somehow we got connected on Instagram. Probably somebody followed somebody. I don't remember. It's been a while. <laughs> I saw one of your beautiful posts from your travels in Spain, and I was like, this is just gorgeous. So I commented on it, and then we connected from there. <laughs> that was it. That was during COVID. That was when we almost didn't make it back to the United States, and then my husband got COVID. Woo, super fun. <laughs> 2020, man. It's been a year. It's been a year. Uh, my mom was also a pastry chef, and she made these crazy cakes for us. Like, she made this, like, wild, like, Spongebob Squarepants, Powerpuff Girls, all the good ones, and she was just an amazing artist in general. And I loved 
that was just the highlight of my birthday was seeing the cake that she would make me. I just loved it. And then watching my friends' faces and how much joy it brought them. Like, oh, my God, like, this cake is amazing. Like, I'm so impressed. And it always tastes great, too. And um, I just feel as I got older, you know, you go to you go to high school and they tell you, okay, you need to know what you need, want to do for the rest of your life when you're 18 so that when you go to college you can work a 9 to 5 and all that stuff, and it just never felt right for me. And I know that deep down I always was meant to be an entrepreneur. But getting in touch with my inner child with you in our session was definitely what I just, it was the most healing thing that I've ever experienced in my entire life. I cannot wait to do more sessions with you because <laughs> your girl got some more work to do. Oh, um, I feel honored. <laughs> I, I mean, in the beginning when you started doing the breathing thing, I could literally feel you connect with me. And it was like this beautiful, sacred moment of sisterhood and it was I immediately felt like vulnerable and I'm a Scorpio I do not like to feel vulnerable I like to be the one in charge you know where you're a water sign as a Pisces you know know how we are we like to be in control of the things um but I just really trusted you and I trusted your energy and I felt so safe and it was such a beautiful thing you were just a literal ray of sunshine like you are like the essence of the sun. Like I just, I love you. You're wonderful. I love and you. And I felt so connected to you from the get go, 100%. Wow. Can you? Okay. So before we met and before you decided to book a session, was this your first like energy work in general that you've ever partook in? Besides yeah, the meditations. Yeah. Uh, mhm. Besides my own meditations, which obviously there's there's power in having somebody else work on you. Definitely. I mean, it's great to meditate by yourself, but it is. It is like taking, working with an energy healer like you with Simra is is taking your meditation and putting it on steroids and like quantum leaping and all that good stuff. So if you want real results, hire Katrina, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. So can you walk me actually through the process of what your experience was? Like we have never met each other. We've commented on each, each other's pictures like twice. And then here you are getting ready to book a session and work with me. So how did you get from even wanting, like recognizing that you needed to do that? And what was the experience like for you in general? Oh, man. Oh, this is fun. I love talking about this. <laughs> um, I think that just seeing your posts and uh, getting to know you through your podcast, you know, I just felt like I just felt like I knew you for forever. And I just felt this intuitive pull, like, hey, you need to do this. Hey, you need to do this. Like, invest in yourself, which is important. Mm. This is going to, this is going to, this is going to help you. And I really just listened to that voice. And that's something I've been working on is honoring my intuition and listening to that voice because, you always know when your intuition is speaking to you because it's just this, like, crystal clear voice that just, like, comes through your third eye and you're just like, okay, I hear you. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So I was a little nervous because I had never done anything like that before. Um, obviously, in my childhood and upbringing, this stuff was very taboo. frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, taboo, exactly, and uh, and demonized. And it, so it's... I think, you know, we heal these things and we work on them and we grow up and we think for ourselves, but there is still that child inside you that's like, well, hang on, like, is this safe? Like, can we do this? Is this a good idea? And I knew immediately that it was what I need to do. So that's how I decided to book a session with you. And as soon as I felt you do the breath and you breathe, I feel like you breathe life into me. Like, I could feel you and I could feel your energy and I could feel my energy and it was just crazy. And our energy together, and I immediately got emotional. 
And I just, I don't cry. I can't remember the last time I cried. Like, I love crying when I do because it always feels really good. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're purging everything. Uh, but I just immediately cried. And it wasn't even crying. It was, like, weeping. When you tapped into my energy, the first thing that you told me is that you felt, I think that you said it was in my solar plexus, that mm. you felt disempowerment. And yes. that resonated with me on such a deep level. And I was like, that is the exact word for how I've been living the last 10 years of my life, disempowered. And that's how I felt, disempowered, stifled, suffocated. Like, that's exactly how I felt. And just like I was wearing a mask, and, like, I felt like I was a shell of myself. And so for to hear you say that as a stranger, as somebody who didn't know me at all, besides what you had seen on social media, I was just immediately just humbled. And I just knew that you really, you could feel me, and you could feel exactly what I needed, which was really beautiful. And... I've always, like I said, I've always had a really crazy imagination, and I love meditation and visualization because it comes easily to me as somebody who has a very imaginative mind, and I imagined myself as you walked me through getting in touch with my inner child, which was really beautiful. I just saw the most vivid imagery, and I went to a safe spot. (laughs) Thank you. It was fun. It was fun. It was so serene for me because I went to a happy place and a place where I grew up. I live in Orlando, Florida now, but I grew up in Michigan, right, right on the lake. And I just was always a little mermaid and I played fairies in the woods. And I just went to this place where my friend uh, owned a cottage and we would just play fairies and, you know, princesses and mermaids in the woods. And we just spent our whole summers doing that. Summer as a child is such a beautiful, beautiful time to be alive. For Mm -hmm. sure. It's magical. Mm -hmm. And I just remember seeing my own face. And I don't have a lot of uh, pictures from my childhood that I look at very often, but I just remember seeing my face and looking into my own eyes, and it was insane. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I literally, I remember, like, I was missing a tooth when I was that age. Wow. And I could see myself, like, not having that tooth and remembering how I lost that tooth and just holding my own hand and feeling her hold me, like, when we did in the water and feeling her hold me. And it was just the most safe thing. And... I felt like I was finally able to speak to her and tell her that uh, she was safe and she was okay and she was free to be herself and she didn't have to pretend to be anybody that she wasn't. And, of course, more tears, obviously. And uh, her and I cried together. And that was really beautiful and healing. And I remember you telling me to talk to her about baking. And I just remember seeing my little eyes, just like have a little twinkle in them, like smile with a missing tooth and wearing this horrible, ugly dress that looks like something that DJ Tanner wore in Full House. <laughs> um, but she got so lit up. And it just reminded me how much joy baking brings me. Um, I like to do a lot of nostalgic flavors, uh, like peanut butter jelly. I'm working on something with cinnamon toast crunch now. Uh, I love Pop-Tarts, strawberry Pop-Tarts. I have this giant chocolate chip cookie, and it's all the cookies that six-year-old me loved to eat, all the flavors that she loved, all the things that made her smile and were fun little treats for her. So that's been really beautiful because it helps me remember who I am and what brings me joy and that I love, I just love, love, love watching people's reactions when they bite into one of my cookies or any other dessert that I make and it just feels like love to me. Food feels like love, and it feels like such a beautiful way for us to be able to commune and, and be in each other's presence and 
it brings everybody together. And I think that's why food is so prevalent in every culture and such a big deal in every culture because it's, we all need it to live. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, we have that in common. Everybody has that in common. That's so beautiful that you were able to take something from that session and really incorporate it into like a physical thing and share it with everyone around you. And I've seen so many pictures of the beautiful treats that you bake. They're gorgeous. Do you ship around (laughs) the States? Shipping in the States, yes. Shipping in the States. I'm working on it. So we'll see. Maybe some dry ice, something like that. Um, Only time will tell. I'm small right now, so I'm just trying to get my feet on the ground, but... I truly believe that if I had never done that session with you, that I wouldn't have ever had the courage and the audacity as <laughs> my little girl inside of me. Probably she was very, I don't know if you remember the movie, what was it, um, Eloise at the Plaza or something like that. And yes. she was just this like little shit of a girl, but she like, she was cool and brave and I just always loved her for that. She was super fun. So your session helped me remember my badassery because I was a badass little girl and I didn't take no shit from nobody and that's really fun and I forgot to tell you this but after our session I realized because I remember you made a comment about how my inner child wanted to dance and I was like yeah I mean I was more of a singer when I was a kid but I like to dance too but I realized that um after our session that the safe place that I had visualized in my head at my friend's lake cottage where we used to play um we would always in her cottage we would put on like hilarious feather boas and like little tutus and stuff and dance around and listen to, like, kids bop and stuff like that. And um, I remember dancing around her house with her. And I think that's why my inner child wanted to dance because me and my girlfriend loved to dance together in her cottage. That's really incredible. And I remember something big that I remember is I, I think I said, like, you should be a writer. Like, you should write and document these things out. And I feel like, not saying this has anything to do with me, but I just feel like you've blossomed and, like, started using your voice so much more in a way that, like, really shares your message and really connects with other people. Like, and I think it's so beautiful to see you unfold and really shine your light and do this stuff because it's so necessary. (laughs) It is. Thank you for saying that. That is Definitely. I feel like the next day after we had our session, I just woke up and I was like, I'm just going to share my truth. And I know that a lot of people are going to understand it, but I'm at the point now where that's okay. And I'm going to say it anyways. And if they don't agree, that's okay. Just we all have our own truth. And that's really beautiful. And I respect everybody's truth. So definitely. But there's like this huge shift in your Instagram from like captions and just like what you're doing. And then it's like, this is what's up. This is me sharing. This is what's needed. It's just like this huge leap. And it's so freaking cool to see. You're doing so well. I feel like even being on this podcast feels so healing because you're able to say it out loud and really acknowledge everything. And I, I just like to share things on social media that I feel like I need to hear and it's medicine for myself and I feel like I've made it ever since I started doing that after a session and being more authentic and uh, not being afraid to be myself and speak my truth everywhere in every setting. I have attracted some really beautiful friendships with other women, which Mm -hmm. I have always struggled with my friendships with other women. Um, I had some issues with my own mom and I feel like because I had a harder relationship with her it made it hard for me to be connect, connect with other women, mm-hmm. um, for sure. But ever since I have opened up and been more authentic, I have met some really awesome people, including yourself. 
So I'm reconnected with people that I haven't talked to in a long time, and it's just been a really beautiful way to heal my sister wound. So. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations <laughs> on all of your journey. So where can we find you on social media? I have two pages because obviously I have one for my baking, and then I have my personal. My personal is at Audie of the Ocean, A-U-T-Y, the word of, the word the, the word ocean, and then my baking uh, page is The Bombshell Bakes. That's it. Be sure, everyone, <laughs> to follow her pages, and you can see her delicious childhood, inner child creations, <laughs> all of her inspiration that she shares. I know that you're early along, you've mentioned before, in your business, but I'm really excited to see every place you'll go and how this process is where it's going to take you. Well, I am hoping to have a food truck by the end of 2021, so we're going to really? start there, and then, yeah, and then it's, it's really big here in Orlando. I think food trucks are big everywhere in the Western world, but... Oh, my God. I'm going to have to make a road trip to Florida so I can try your food truck. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining, for being a part of this episode, for sharing your experience and how you've incorporated it into your life to just be a higher level version of yourself. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. And it's very, it's, it's my first podcast, and I feel very happy that it was with you because you are such a, a joy to be around. So thank you so much for having me, and I love this podcast. And if anybody is even considering hiring Katrina as um, an energy healer, please, please do, because I promise you it will be the best money that you will ever spend. So do it. It'll be good for you. That is so kind of you. Thank you. Do you have any words of advice for my listeners before you head off? Anything that you want to stick with their hearts as your parting message? If you're somebody that struggles with emotional eating, I would just really encourage you to do the do the hard work and do the shadow work and face those demons because the only way out is through. And just to know that it doesn't have to be something that you have to struggle with forever and healing is not linear. It's a crazy, winding, mountainous path. And not to feel like you need to be done because you're never done. And there is no finish line or gold medal or anybody who's going to pat you on the back. But it's not a glamorous thing, but it's possible and it's beautiful and it's breaking, but it's also really healing and amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining and thanks for your wonderful energy. It was so much fun. Thank you. Bye.